Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. As well, we had another uh, kind of surprising week. I don't think it was things that we expected to be announced, but we got uh, one heck of a Final Fantasy VII celebration show. Yeah, man. Uh, a digital buster clock. What more could you want? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then something that Mark was adamant about next week was not going to happen did happen. Uh, so we're, you know, going to talk about that as well from, from Capcom and then, of course, some other announcements and things that have uh, hit the news since the week before. But I guess let's start how we always do. What have y'all been doing this week, Mark? Uh, v Rising and a little Assassin's Creed Valhalla. But the real game uh, I'm playing is Final Fantasy Typo HD Remix. Again? Didn't you play I, that? Uh, I'll put it this way. My last save file from that thing of seven years ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, I loaded, I, I saved a game, and it's like, your last saved game was 2015. I'm like, yeah, that checks out. And I didn't finish it then. So. Is that when it first came out to the console? Uh, it was pretty, It that was a pretty early game, yeah, because that was a PS4 game, and I think it was yeah. like 2014 or 2015. Uh, they thankfully fixed the motion blur. At least in the, P- the PS4 version, so it doesn't look like garbage. Oh, that's uh, good. But yeah, that's uh, about it. Uh, well, Daniel and I have been playing uh, that TMNT Shredder's Revenge, thanks to, to Game Pass. I uh, played about, on Father's Day, I played about like four levels with Anaya. She, you know, she's still kind of easing her way into console gaming, so it was just cool to see her, like, be kind of really bad on the first level. I'm having to save her a lot and kill most of the foot soldiers. And then by the time we get to like level three and four, she's kicking butt herself and figuring out the buttons. There's a lot of uh, combos uh, and different things that, you know, were not around when you had Super Nintendo and an earlier, ver- you know, arcade versions of, of this game. And uh, Daniel, I mean, I thought overall the game is just so lovingly done from the music to uh, the names of the episodes that are taken right from Turtles in Time and like inverted, basically <laughs> the little story bits. I mean, I loved all of it. Yeah, the voice acting in there as well. It, I mean, it just—it's a surprisingly deep move set. I was surprised when I looked through the move list and saw how it just seemed like it kept going. But as large as it is, it is easy to pick up, and you find yourself learning it very quickly. Now, I've only played the story mode. I haven't tried getting into the arcade and the speed running and everything. And I played it solo, just trying to get a feel for the game. Uh, but overall, it's a really fun game. I beat the story mode, then went back and was trying to get different accomplishments with different characters, different playstyles, And the different characters, they feel different when you're playing them. Like if you switch between Turtles or you switch between a turtle and Casey Jones or Splinter, April, whoever, it feels like you're playing with a different character. It doesn't feel like it's just a reskin and it's the same moves. I mean, overall, the game is great. I love it. It's going to be probably one of my top games of the year just because everything that it did felt well done. Yeah, I mean, I like the, the special attacks that got added uh, in there as well. There's like a power meter that keeps growing as you keep building up attacks as well. So if you get it to, like, uh, number three, I think you can get unlocked invincibility mode for a little bit. Yeah, there's a bunch of special attacks that you unlock as the game goes on. And then there is one that I don't think it's invincibility so much as just your regular attacks deal more damage. Oh, okay, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but, I mean, overall, it's, like I said, it's a great game. Uh, I can't wait to get a few people together to play it either couch co-op or online my kids were away this weekend so i didn't get a chance to play try to get them to play it but probably tomorrow or tuesday i'm going to be yeah and i was having a blast she played as a splinter i played as michelangelo my favorite uh turtle so we were having fun there just and it also it constantly rewards you with stuff i was surprised with how many achievements i got for just doing like a bunch of different team attacks or yeah, killing certain amount of enemies or or whatever. And then um, I love the bosses as well. I thought they were really well done. 
and some um, of them were deep dives into the lore. Uh, yeah. Also, the hidden collectibles that you get throughout the levels, a bunch of those as well. I like the the world map. It kind of looks like reminds me of like Mario three or something. Yeah, and I mean you can go back and forward on it. I mean it's like I said, it's I can't really think of anything really bad about the game. Yeah, I wouldn't say there's anything honestly bad. I, I think it's a really great game. And once again, like just Tribute Games uh, .mu two years in a row between Street uh, Streets Rage Four and now TMNT absolutely nailed it with bringing back old beat 'em ups and doing them well. And, and modernizing them as well. So uh, if for some reason you haven't played it yet, it's actually, I think, only $25, so it's not that bad. Obviously, if you have Game Pass, uh, you can, if you have Game Pass, you get it through there. So there's that. I've heard Turtles yeah. has good internet for once, or good online at least. Yeah, it has some really good, it just drop in, drop out. So you can, oh. in the middle of your playthrough, you can try to go find uh people from that are online to join i mean it's at, actually functional on like scott pilgrim <laughs> yeah the only thing that sucks uh like many so many of these old you know co-op games if the person that's playing uh decides to just stand there and do nothing you can't advance so you got to hope that you get people that are actually paying attention and doing what they're supposed to be doing and not just coming in there to be an annoyance uh, yeah. Or just leave halfway through the level and don't really help you, one of the two. So, uh, Did you try the online at all, Daniel, or you just... Uh, not yet, no. I've okay. just been... I started just by saying, well, I've got an hour before I have to get ready for work, so I'm just going to try it out. And then it was, well, I really want to finish this and beat the game <laughs> before I try anything online. How long did you? would you say it, you think it took you to beat the game? Uh, I mean, the story mode... Two to three hours, maybe. It might have okay. been more. But, I mean, it's one of those games where you don't really notice the amount of time that's going by as you're playing. Yeah, exactly. You just go into the next screen, next screen. Yeah, I mean, I'm off. thinking back, and I'm thinking back to the times that you see at the end of the level. And yeah. it probably was longer than that, that I played it, but it just didn't feel like it. Right. Almost bit the apple and upgraded to PS plus extra but i was like you know what i'm gonna wait till there's a time where i'm gonna have a good chunk where i could actually like play with it and play some games on it because i was like it's only 30 dollars, but it's so, like man am i gonna use that you know so never no that's not never it's just you know i was just kind of looking through it and you know it's just having the ability to i think once uh stray comes out where i will actually feel the need to get it because i want to play stray uh, is probably when I will be testing it out and everything. Um, from what I've heard, you know, listening to the people's thoughts and everything, it seems like the if you have good internet, the cloud streaming works pretty well. The PlayStation 1 games are obviously not, uh, don't hold up very well. And it seems like the consensus, unless you like a lot of retro games, premium is, is not up to snuff right now. It's definitely not worth the extra money that you're paying. But extra, if you haven't played a lot of those games like me, then I think that's worth it to to test some of those uh, newer-ish PS4, PS5 games that are there. Uh, hopefully they do fix the issue where if you have a PS5, you kind of don't get to appreciate it that much right now because they don't give you the, the upgrade. Uh, they give you only the PS4 version, which seems kind of crappy. But perhaps that will be something that they fix uh, along with uh, some of the PS Plus upgrade stuff where if you claim the game on ps plus you apparently and it's on that service you can't play it right now so don't know if that's going to get fixed or or whatnot at some point or they'll just have it be that way and you have to pay an upgrade or something to be able to play it on uh your system beyond the ps plus well let's head on to the announcements uh the, the final fantasy announcements that some of them we expected and some of them we did not. Uh, there was the first big surprise is that this winter. Now, obviously, that can mean December. That can mean January. That can mean February of 2023 as well. We're going to get a Crisis Core remake that they, they're they calling Crisis Core Reunion. Final Fantasy VII Reunion. 
uh, well, it's more of a remaster, but it looks really good. And it's going to be on all the systems, including Switch and Xbox, which I think many probably would not have expe- uh, expected when they were announcing this. And yeah, it looks like, you know, they're going to have a side the hands graphics, you know, 3D models. It seems like perhaps they may be adjusting some of the gameplay as well. Yeah, uh, like of, that DMW thing, like barely in the game. Yeah, they're probably going to try to make it more like the what you see in a remake, which makes more sense. And I mean, any, I mean, you're the one that's uh, played this game, Mark. I mean, how do you yeah. feel about being able to play this now and don't have to have an emulator or a Vita? Yeah, good. Like, I hope they kind of fix some of the mission mode stuff because, like, the missions were like five minutes long. You know, you could do like a bunch of like side story stuff, but as like all like. Oh, just explore this cave. You've been in 20 more, t- 20 times already and beat this boss at the end of it. Some of the visuals didn't look quite like, they looked good, but it didn't like look how the game originally looked. Cause like that game had like kind of a weird, like digital look to it or like almost like cyber look to it. And it didn't have that at all. So we'll see. I mean, I'll get it. Cause I actually really do like that game. Uh, yeah. I've been, I've been wanting to play this game so long. So, like, the fact that it's finally coming to a system that I already have is awesome for me. I mean, yeah, I could have played it through an emulator and everything, but it's just, it's not the same. And I'm super excited for that to finally hit. Um, we did find out that there's going to be a closed beta for Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, which is perhaps the closest thing we're going to get to a sort of remake or something akin to what the original game is in a more modernized way with stuff from uh crisis core and dirge of service thrown in as well to kind of give you the whole picture of the final fantasy seven uh universe i'm also excited to play this game as well um i like the updated visuals and everything the way everything looked so we'll see how it goes on when i mean we- get that beta. Like that Final Fantasy 15 pocket thing. Yeah, but the graphics are better than that thing. And that game's actually not that bad, honestly, for being like a more narrative-focused version of Final Fantasy 15. It's actually pretty decent. So, that being said, the biggest surprise of them all is that we got the Final Fantasy 7 Remake 2, which is not called Remake 2, it's Rebirth. And we got a little like, you know, about a minute and 30 second trailer. Uh, kind of giving hints at what happened at the end of Remake. It's coming, winter 2023. Now, obviously, that could mean, again, just like Crisis Core, that could mean December 2023 or more early part of 2024. But, well, man, that... 2023, I mean... <laughs> well, but, okay, winter means December, January, February, so that goes into that next yeah, year. Yeah, but if that was yeah. the case, they would have said next winter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's they said next winter or this winter with Crisis Core, and then next winter with Rebirth. So, I mean, that's coming a lot faster, I think, than we all had thought. I really hope the third one is called Revengeance. <laughs> I heard a Requiem also. A lot of people wanted that name as well. It's Final Fantasy VII Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> Uh, Daniel, I mean, any thoughts on all this Final Fantasy stuff? Some nice surprises here? I mean, it's it's good news for the people that are excited about Final Fantasy. I I mean, I played 7 when it first came out. I might still have my I might still have the PS1 game stored away somewhere. I just I mean, I enjoyed it, but I don't really have that big of a interest in replaying it. I never I didn't play the remake yet. I'm not against it. I just haven't gotten around to it, but I'm glad to hear that it is coming along. I'll probably wait till the full game remake is out so I can just sit down and play it through and not have to finish one part, wait year, two years, whatever for the next part to come out and then do it again. Just imagine that, that three game collector's edition. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's uh, what's going to happen, right? I think that's when it's finally going to be hitting Xbox is, is when all three of them are out there. After and a year. I feel like that's what this is. It's They didn't plan at the beginning for this to be three games. It was supposed to be one game. No, no. I expected them to have to plan to be like four or five games. 
Well, no, at first it was going to be one game, and then they they changed it to, oh, well, this might be like shorter episodes or whatever. And then all of a sudden they changed it again to, oh, this is going to be multiple products. And then I think that kept evolving the exclusivity thing because it meant that this whole project is not complete. So until it is actually complete, that's when they could start, they could release it on Xbox or I mean, they would have to be developing an Xbox version, you know, behind closed doors or something uh, for this to even come out, like, within a a good time frame uh, altogether like that. But I, I'm of the mind of, listen, uh, exclusives have existed forever. Uh, I know that we all live in a world where I get it, that we can't all afford every system and everything. But you know well beforehand what games you like, and what games usually come out on what systems. So either you get a PC that gets everything, or you go by the system that that you that you know your games come out on. So if you like Final Fantasies, you know you should be going after a PS5. Uh, if you like, you know, the Halos and, and Forzas, you know you should be going after an Xbox. I mean, I get it that Xbox has Game Pass, so that makes it a lot more appealing for, for kids and for parents and um, all that stuff, but I think the whole like, oh well, exclusives are anti-consumer and everything. It's like they got to have something to sell their box. I don't know. That's just me. I, I get that. Well, do I wish it could be on Xbox too? Great, yeah. But the fact is, Sony's smart. They played the game. They 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 got everybody talking about how well now you got to have a PS5 for this, and now you got to think about it. Are you going to wait till 2029 to play all these games? Yeah, except they should have actually announced this during... Not not show the game itself, but at least show like the name of it during one of the conferences. So people would actually be... More people would be watching this conference to begin with. I think we live in a... This is not like Summer Game Fest or the Game Awards where you really need that number of how many people watched it because you have advertisers and all this other stuff that you got to play to Fox and Square Enix and all that are not doing that. They're just announcing their games. So whether you watch it live or you watch it later, or you just watch the one YouTube video of the surprise announcement of rebirth, that's all that matters. I don't know that we need to stop what we're doing and watch this 15 minute thing just to, I, I just thought it was cool. I thought it was great that I was not expecting this at all. Uh, I had turned it off when they started showing the first soldier thing because I had that, to go back to work. That's exactly my point. <laughs> yeah. If you had known they were going to be showing during this thing, I mean, you wouldn't have had your, you wouldn't have uh, had it been watching completely, but you'd have kept your eye on it better. <laughs> well, I mean, I had to turn it off because I had to go back to work. But when I went and on my break, I finished watching it and I was like, oh, wow. Not only did they announce the crisis score, they, they announced this as well. So, man, this is ridiculous to think about. Like, Square Enix is really just hitting it with this uh, Final Fantasy. I mean, we're, const- we're doing updates to 14. We're doing the rebirth thing. We're doing crisis core. 16's coming out. In the summer, but in between both those games, yeah. you know, you got the, the mobile thing. I mean, it's called All They Have Left. Yeah, pretty that's much. not true. They have Keem Hearts as well. Okay, you know? but like, it's like just like you know, EA or you know, Activision. But they're not, re- they're not trying to resurrect their old franchises or trying like new stuff. Well, they are bringing back, the, I mean, Live Alive is about to come out, like, and nobody thought that would come out. I mean, yeah, just, but. N- People have been crying for Parasite Eve or Vagrant Story or even like Bushido Blade. And Square's like, no, fuck yeah. you. We're going to cram an, a seventh Final Fantasy game out in the market. Yeah. I mean, and they, whenever it does get announced, that Final Fantasy IX anime and then the, what is it? The, the well, Dragon Quest 12, Dragon Quest 3 with the HD remake thing. So they're definitely, at least with their two core franchises, they are really giving it all they can at this point and when it falters <laughs> they have they can't blame idos anymore or crystal dynamics well let's yeah. hope not i mean we don't it, if that succeeds i think it does allow for these franchises to uh keep going down into that well i think uh you know that's where 
unfortunately, with the the mana stuff, not all of it hit, but Trials of Mana was pretty decent. And, I mean, what it's, yeah. what's going to end up happening is they're going to come out with a Final Fantasy game that, for whatever reason, does not connect with players. And if it bombs, they might not be able to survive it because right now the only thing that's really making them money is Final Fantasy. So yeah, it's it, great. Yeah, it, it's making them a ton of money, but the first time that something doesn't go right... Yeah, it's desperation. They recover? They get, yeah, they get more and more desperate. It's like, well, this one has to hit, and if it doesn't hit, it's like, okay, we're, we we're we're gonna have problems now. <laughs> well, I mean, they already did experience that with uh, Stranger of Paradise. Yeah, uh, but that wasn't year. like a main so, one. But I mean, like, right. yeah, Final Fantasy sixteen when that eventually comes out, yeah, if that bombs, they're gonna have a problem, and they can say like, oh, seven, you know, Rebirth will be out next year. But again, it's just you can't place all of the business on one game or one yeah. franchise. What's so weird about Final Fantasy sometimes, though, is like how it has this. Some other other games have this too, where you don't like it at first, and then all of a sudden that it, it it gets this like cult following, like where all of a sudden this game is good. Apparently, you know, a lot some people hated thirteen, and then all of a sudden thirteen has this beloved following. Same thing with fifteen has this beloved following as well. Now all of a sudden. And, and it's just like, okay, I guess we forgot where all these games started at. Um, well, people you know, probably didn't play those games. You know, whatever game you let latch on to first is probably your favorite in a franchise. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying there, but I'm just, I think that if anything, this I mean, franchise has proven that at least with the main ones, people tend to give it a little bit more. I mean, there are people uh, who defend the, you know, the, the Star Wars prequels. And those, uh, well, we all know yeah. those people can't be trusted. That's so weird now, too. Like, this whole... That has also started happening, where we just have this, like, let's go defend the Star Wars prequels for some reason. It's like... Because after don't. the latest trilogy, it's not <laughs> yeah. as bad as everybody thought it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody looked at the prequels and said, there's no way this could be any worse. And then Disney said, hold on a second. Yeah, hold, hold my beer. Hold my beer. Here we go. Uh, but those are all... You know, great announcers for Final Fantasy fans for, you know, for us here. Uh, at least, you know, Mark and I that are uh, big into it. And we don't have Randy and Jens here to also go big into that. But the one thing I really appreciate about Rebirth is it seems like they are definitely not. They are blowing the door even more about this is a reimagining. We are going to do whatever the heck we want with this thing. And you're either going to be along for the ride or you're not. I'm kind of happy for them to do that. So that means the third game is just going to take place all in the place of the Golden Saucer. <laughs> yeah, then they committed to its three games. So I wonder how much stuff they're going to cut or how long these last two games are going to be. I think these games are, they won't be like, they won't be short, but you're not going to be like, it's not going to have the open world that Final Fantasy VII used to have. That seems to be a point of debate as well. Like some folks are seeing that. Well, obviously that was the um the dream part, the the part where uh, Cloud and uh, Sephiroth were there. So you really don't know if it's going to have that open world or not. But I agree with you; it won't have that like, world map. Like it'll, it'll be like a bunch of towns together, but it'll be like, oh, do you want to go from Calm to uh, like yeah. Wutai or something like that? It'll be like a yeah. mo- it'll be like a loading screen, but you're not going to like go on the high wind and just go flying around. Yeah, I agree with that. You- I'd be very surprised if it has any type of world map where you walk around on it and all that. It, it'll definitely probably have some kind of fast travel to here and there, or whatever. But yeah, so that's all your Final Fantasy stuff. Should be fun that we're getting all of this in a kind of relatively short time frame. Where's the Georgia Cerberus remake, man? Come on. That's I think that's going to be between uh, Rebirth and whatever the third game is. They're going to have that. I don't think they're going to touch that. I don't think they care. No one's like, <laughs> clamoring for that one. We'll see. They really wanted like redo all this, so why not remake that game too, I guess? Speaking of bringing back things that apparently Mark didn't want, but it's it's happening. Hey, uh, I, didn't, right? I didn't want it. <laughs> the way they announced it was dumb as shit. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So they very much like the Final Fantasy one. This is supposed to be an anniversary stream, and I'm sitting here going, "Look, 
they're going to announce this because they're really going to have a stream to an, to celebrate just Dragon's Dogma being 10 years old? I don't think so. I think they're definitely going to be announcing something. And they announced Dragon's Dogma 2 after. So it, it seems like it got this like cult following and then everybody was clamoring for them to make a second one. And then here they are doing it. And it's using the RE engine. So there's that. I guess you make putting that engine to good use to to make this game. Dragon's Dogma was one of those surprise games that I really wound up liking. I don't know uh, what what about you guys? How did you, I never played. You it. I just know what what it is, or you know the big spoiler about it. Yeah, I played it a little bit, and I liked what I played. I just didn't have a chance to devote a bunch of time to it. But my thing is, it feels like they just said. Oh, yeah. By the way, we're totally working on this. See, here's the nice logo, and we're going to use our in house engine for it. <laughs> but not and that's all any, we have. Yeah, not show any gameplay or actual work at all. <laughs> yeah, I it mean, reminds, it's probably. <laughs> it reminded me of Skate 4. Remember that? Oh, no. Come on. We've had other games that just show you the logo. Like, that wasn't great, but I mean, yeah. yeah. But not, generally, not sequels. Or, you know, uh, Metro Prime 4 as well. For, you know, 10 years. Yeah, this literally felt like something they just kind of recently decided and said, okay, we're doing it. It's in early development, so don't expect it anytime soon. But hey, look forward to it, you know? That, I mean, I'm glad that Capcom is, is bringing back these franchises and, and trying to do new things with them uh, and capitalizing on, on the ones that make them money. So I can't blame them for that, honestly. Speaking of bringing things to market, we still don't know when God of War Ragnarok is going to release. Uh, there was thoughts of it being in October. Now there's uh, talk about it being a November game. There's also still talk about it possibly being delayed like Horizon was uh, to early 2023. But there's also a lot of talk about Sony actually developing their own PS5 Pro controller that I guess would rival the Xbox Elite controller. I'm not one for those kind of controllers, honestly. I, I don't really even know what I would do with an Elite controller. But I know a lot of people that say that those controllers are great and well worth the money if you spend it. I like that um, PS4 uh, back thing, the back button thing they did. Yeah. I thought, I, I thought that was a pretty happy medium. What do you think about a pro controller? Would you uh, would you want that? If it had better analog sticks, then yes. <laughs> oh, so you're not a fan of the analog sticks with the dual sense? Well, I already had one break on me, or you know, the the analog drift. So I did get an elite controller a few years ago for as a birthday present. I got a used one. I love it. Feels great. I like the, I guess paddles, buttons, whatever we're going to yeah. call it, the metal things on the back of it. I mean, it's really great. If I played a lot more competitive online games, I'd probably like it a lot more than just playing games sitting on my couch. But I mean, it definitely felt, it definitely feels better than a normal controller in your hands. Okay. I mean, that's fair enough to, to say. I think if they actually do announce this and, and release it, it'll be really cool to see what, if they bring anything new to the table uh, or how much do they take from the Elite controller. For that, either way, yeah, interesting that Sony, who normally doesn't do this, they let usually let like third parties do this kind of thing for them. If they will actually be behind doing this, and and can they address the uh, drifting issue like Mark talked about? Yeah, do you think we'll we'll actually get a release date for God of War Ragnarok? I mean, they've been confirming that it's 2022, 2022. That's when it's coming. I mean, they're probably just trying to see, like, where it's going to fall or, you know, how far along it really is or if it needs, how, how much QA it needs or, just, you know, stuff like that. And also what other games are going to be releasing around that time where they sell more copies by moving it a couple months later and say, well, it's still fiscal year 2022. Yeah, they could do that, right? We know that, was it Last of Us Remake is September, right? So... It definitely won't be October if it if they're putting out The Last of Us remake in September. I, maybe November, maybe December, but I think January and February are looking more and more likely. Yeah, uh, I could definitely see that. I mean, you'd hope for it to become, you know, this year. So you have another tentpole game if you're Sony, but 
what's better is that the game is is well made and it's I mean can live up to whatever the you know the the greatness of the first game. Well, and also sorry. I was gonna say also with uh, everything they're announcing about Final Fantasy that's gonna be exclusive to Sony. That means Sony's paying money for that game to release exclusively for them. They want to make sure they get the most bang for their buck for that. So they kind of be shooting themselves in the foot if they try to release Ragnarok when one of the exclusive Final Fantasy games are coming out. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I think if you're talking about like November and then Crisis Core is coming December or say January, I think that's enough time for people to grab God of God of War, play it, and then you know, get be done with it and, and move on to the next thing. And I think those are so different. Crisis Core is much more of a niche thing, whereas God of War is, has way more mass appeal. You I tell mean, somebody, yeah. God of War Ragnarok is probably going to be like a game of the year contender. I like Crisis Core. Oh. It ain't going to be that. <laughs> I just mean, you want to put it out when there's like when nothing's out. competition or, yeah. to sell the most copies. So, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think that's that also might be why they're kind of hovering around without releasing a actual date for it at this point. Well, I mean, also because I think it's so hard to give somebody a release date now because how quickly things turn and you see something get delayed and then what happens? People get upset because you gave them a release date. People started asking off work. People started, you know, pre-ordering the game. People did this and that. And then they get upset when the game doesn't come that day. And, and instead you give them a release window and you say, okay, well, at some point when we know for sure that game's coming, we're going to give you a date. But I think it's this is going to be the way, I think, until you really know, don't give out release dates because you're just setting out people for disappointment when you don't hit it. And then you're setting up your team to either have to decide to crunch or delay and neither one of those is great i think in a way so if if more people have to start giving you release windows instead of release dates to make things easier for them i'm all for that honestly uh the less ritual we have to see online the better quite honestly oh come on you know there will always be that online oh no that's always gonna be there but the less we have to see devs get death threats over a damn date that a video game is coming for look good lord people well at least we can anticipate the uh, gran turismo movie it has a date will it hit who knows but we know the plot and i hey i did say that it could be true story based and here we go this is based on a true story apparently um the film is an ultimate wish fulfillment of a late teenager Grand Turismo player whose gaming skills won a series of Nissan competitions to become an actual professional race car driver. Uh, the film could be based on the GT Academy contest, which was run by Nissan and Sony between 2008 and 2016 and gave winners a place in Nissan's driver development program. Uh, and this actually did happen for one of the uh, winners, a UK racer, John Martinborough, who won in 2011 and has since gone on to compete in the GP3 series and the 24-hour Le Mans, and the Japanese Super GT. Hey, does this entice you? Do you want to go watch this movie now? It's like no, like, not at all. <laughs> it's like the third or fourth plot, most common plot for this type of movie anyway. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I can't. This, this was one of the proposed plots for the Guitar Hero movie like a decade ago. Okay. I, I think it's better than trying to come up with your own Fast and the Furious and name it Gran Turismo or something. And, and it makes more sense with, with the way Gran Turismo is. Like, that's much more about having authentic racing and the cars and all that. I mean, yeah, just it's it's much better than or, or the need for speed if, thing they did with the, Aaron Paul. If this is the actual movie, I just want this, I want this thing to be like a two-hour movie in an hour and 50 minutes as this dude in his room just trying to get like license tests and shit like that. <laughs> well, you, you review that and let me know how that goes. B- bitching that he can't get like license test a nine finished in the correct time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get that, but sadly we won't get a Tony Hawk three and four because yeah. Activision decided to merge vicarious visions with blizzard. Uh, we talked about this when, uh, they had first been absorbed 
it was most likely that a Tony Hawk three and four were probably going to be made or getting made. And then somebody decided, nope, let's not do that for some stupid reason. And there we got the confirmation. Mark, how angry are you? Uh, disappointed, but I do have some hopes that once Microsoft buys, you know, Activision, that they'll be like, no, it's back on. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine you go and you get that license, that IP, and you're not going to keep making games for it. When 1 and 2 remasters sold a crap ton, Yeah, that I don't think a lot of people expected it to. Although, huh? I could actually see Tony Hawk saying, you know, make it 3 and a 4, but it has to be multi-platform. I don't think I don't think Microsoft would say no. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they would either. Yeah, I, I just don't. I don't think Phil Spencer would be like, "Oh, well, the hang-up is it's got to be exclusive." Oh, Willie, you're going to tell me we're not going to make that game, and we can still do the thing where we put it on Game Pass, and so you still got to go buy it. Yeah. That is that is such a something that that is a big thing in their pocket to be able to say, "Hey, yeah, you can go pay fifty, sixty, seventy dollars for it, or you can." Just pay your monthly fee and have it right here. Well, what do you know, guys? Activision says they didn't do anything wrong. I mean, what company is going to self-indict itself? I I mean, do do you really know any company that would go, oh, yeah, we really just missed the ball on harassment, folks. Like, we we just were totally bad in this situation. I mean, mean, they would do that if they had a scapegoat picked out. If they could yeah. sit there and say, it is all this person right here's fault. We have these guidelines. He did not follow them. When it finally reached us, we performed this in- investigation and we're showing everything came down to this person not doing what they're supposed to. He's gone. That's yeah, when the they'll problem. say that they did something wrong. The problem now, is so, so emblematic at activating they can't do that. <laughs> now, with everything happening in Blizzard, because it seems like the focus is mostly on Blizzard at this point. That's and with I mean, most of those people being gone now, too. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. could have basically what they're saying is Activision didn't do anything wrong. It was all those people over at Blizzard. It's all their fault. When it came to our attention, we did our due diligence, and that's why we got rid of these people. That's that's how I read it. I don't see it them saying nothing happened. I see them saying. No, we followed our procedures and we got rid of the people that did it. Nobody ignored it in Activision. Uh, I mean, until they get rid of Bobby Kotick, who knew, who knowingly knew some of this stuff. Yeah, except well, he also was harassing people. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that like when it came out that he was the one that wrote that letter that they blamed on the I forgot her name, Fran something. Yeah. Wow, you went that low and let somebody just take all the blame and then it comes out that this was you like dude what a terrible human being that that dude deserves to be like totally taken from the record books and never heard from again once microsoft just like says goodbye dude bye uh but sadly somebody will hire his terrible his terrible ass and we'll have to hear about him in games again i'm sure Unless he just goes away. I mean, yeah, he might just not want to he, deal with it. He could do that, but I don't know. I wonder if Bobby Kotick would really allow himself to not be in the talked about or in the spotlight for that long. So you did say that you were playing uh, KOTOR 2 on Switch, right, uh, Daniel? I've been playing it on the PC. On the PC, okay. Yeah. So you have not experienced this... Uh, problem with the switch version where uh it apparently just crashes after the basilisk crash cutscene when you land on Onderon and you can't finish the game at all i wish uh, i could say i was surprised with all the other trouble that has been happening with this uh with the two games going on to the switch i mean yeah, i'm kind of surprised they put in that cut content for the kotor 2 on the switch but them also saying, yeah, you can't actually finish the like the developer said you can't finish the game. Like, we'll patch it later. It's like that's yeah, you you pay that you money for it to not work. That's great. Well, when it first, so like I feel bad for the people that bought the bundles because when they bought the bundle set, first they couldn't play the first game even though it had released because the second game wasn't out yet. 
now they can't even finish the second game because it crashes and you can't finish it. Well, I mean, so do you have any of these problems on PC or does it? I haven't run into that problem yet, but I doubt it because like they probably <laughs> care about that version, or like, or you could just bypass it. I'm sure there's a fan made patch on the PC too if that was an issue to fix it. Yeah, fair enough. I just uh, hate it for Switch owners that this is what they're getting. They won't be getting that remake version. Does this does it worry you at all that this is the same company making the remake version? Not so much, just because you know this wasn't seen as necessarily a huge priority. Yeah, I feel like, like this really yeah. happened when they saw how well the Jedi Academy series was selling. They figured, hey, we can release this on the Switch and see what, and probably make some quick release and make some quick money. And I don't think it was fully tested that much. Okay, fair enough. I just, man, anytime I see this, it does worry about, uh, you know, make me worry about the other things that they're making. But it is them putting, you know, porting something to the Switch, and that doesn't always work well. I mean, I would say it's more worrying that it got it got through both QA and, uh, you know, their own QA and then Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, are they really playing the whole game through like that? Or are they playing snippets of it and then judging it based on that? You know, that's the thing. It's like when they do these ratings, they don't play the whole game. Right. And then, you know, so they may not have ever gotten to that point on the Switch version. And then, uh, or, or you know, perhaps the testers, this is the problem when you do the QA is uh, it's the QA will find something and they go, look, we're far, way too far along at this point. What is fix it later? And Yeah, but fix it later should be like the day of release. Not I, I agree yeah. with you. No, you know, we'll get I, to it eventually. Yeah. I wonder. I do wonder if anybody will come out and be like, "Yeah, we we found that bug while it wasn't out yet." And sorry, uh, you know, they they just basically admitted that it's a known issue that will be addressed in the next patch. Uh, we cannot provide an ETA at this time, though. Well, which is worse, if they knew about it and released the game, or they didn't do any testing and released the game? I'd say know about it. Yeah, if you knew about it and you released the game anyway, that's that's where you get into like cyberpunk territory of because like look at like yeah. fallout 4 like when that launched just busted a shit when it when it came out and they did qa yeah. tested but it's like yeah they didn't obviously count for every any like everything but i'm sure they knew a lot more bugs than they let on but something like literally like you cannot finish fallout 4 bug if i would have told people yeah like hey stop it don't release it right now or you might want to do a day one pass like this moment Ah, well, if you want to talk about something that's been buggy and getting delayed and everything else, Mark and I sure have talked about it a bunch. Skull and Bones. It's It got rated again, Mark. That means it's coming out, right? Yep. Right, right alongside uh, Beyond, or, uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2. Uh, <laughs> always got to bring that up every time. <laughs> I still have hope that that game uh, will come out, but I doubt it at this point. At least they're sticking by it. They are still, um, to, to Ubisoft's credit, man, when it comes to these like multiplayer uh, things well, that they know might have some kind of potential life outside of the initial release, they really go after it and support no, it. The, the thing that's called Bones is it has to come out. Well, yeah, no, it has to come out. I understand that. But I'm just saying, really making sure that it does. Um, you know, they they have now set a date of, the fiscal year ending March 2023 as when it could come out. That's a, a, lot, a lot of wriggle room there. Hey, if Duke Nukem forever can make it out, you never say never. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Did you ever have any kind of uh, care about this game at all, Daniel? I mean, I, mean, I remember yeah. thinking it would be, it looked like it would be a fun game, but I mean, I mostly forgot about it. Uh, the only reminders I get about it is when you hear, a sto- you see a story saying, oh, no, no, it's still totally going to come out. <laughs> We're still working on it. We're still doing stuff with it. Comes out first, that or Star Citizen. Uh, the way Star Citizen is going, that thing could be another 10 years and still get money from people. What a scam that game is. <laughs> the problem is they just keep. The more money they get in, the more features they add, saying they get, it'll be in the final game, and it just yeah. keeps pushing it back. I mean, if they could have re- probably released a, uh, I'll be kind to say, four-planet 
game with the storyline and people would have been happy with it and then keep releasing stuff as expansions, but instead they're just trying to release everything all at once and I don't think that'll ever fully release. Right. Well, one of my favorite games uh, is perhaps coming back, Lollipop Chainsaw. Uh, of course, also James Gunn worked on this game, so that's perhaps uh, why that game is so well done, well written. And of course, it has Suda51 all over it as well. Um, Yoshimi Yasuda, who previously was the CEO of Kadokawa Games, uh, which uh, published Grasshopper Manufacturer titles. Uh, this is, of course, Suda's old label. Lollipop Chainsaw and Killer is Dead in Japan. Uh, the, he's making a new company called Dragami Games, and Lollipop Chainsaw, you know, may possibly be one of their first games, even though we don't know if that's a remaster, remake, sequel, or whatever. Um, even if it is just a remaster, I would be very happy to play that game. I reviewed that game before I won it. Yeah, I never played it, but I was kind of was, was interested in it. Yeah, I could see them doing a remaster just to test the market for it and get the new company, you know, as a test release, make sure everybody, everything goes smoothly, everybody, all the different parts of the company work together. And if it's popular, then they announce that they're working on a new game. Yeah, plus it's James Gunn now. Like, I mean, if he came out again now, he'd probably... You know, plug the hell out of it, and he's way more popular now. Than yeah, I mean, he did the other day. I think they yeah. had announced it, and he was like, "Oh yeah, the only time I ever worked in video games, this game right here." And it's like, "Holy crap!" I forgot that he worked on that game. So he did something else. I don't think he. Act, I don't think he wrote it, but I think he was like in that uh, terrible future uh, car game for the Xbox, where, like the uh, Loco Cycle. That's it. Oh wow, local cycle. I think he acted Goodness. in that. He didn't like write it, direct it, or anything. But he was, well, like, I think he was like the bad guy in that. Yeah. Well, uh, Alice the Madness returns has been removed from Steam uh, again. <laughs> again. So it was. They brought it back to to the PC, and then Valve just kind of took it off again. It had a DRM issue uh, for a while. Uh, they brought it back in February, and then. What the heck? You know, it's gone again at the request of the publisher. Uh, it's no longer available for sale on Steam. What do you think that means? Mark? I mean, I think they said that, like, it's like their other game is busted. The Spicy Horses game. So I yeah. think, like, EA just yanked them all off until they fix it or until, you know, whatever robot at EA realizes that Alice is actually still working. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, forget that game. I want Alice. Uh, Matt, or the first Alice game on Steam. Yeah. Well, didn't he's trying? He tried to like launch a Kickstarter to to like be able to remake that game, right? We talked. Yeah, about but it. He, it, it, he always fails because he's crazy. <laughs> it and would also, be cool if he could do it. Except yeah. for like Alice, like that guy has not made great games. No, I agree. You know, like yeah. Scrapyard, like who gives a shit about that? He did like some other one too, and I think, wow, this is terrible. Yeah, I. I would really like to see him be able to remake the first one, but like you said, Mark, it doesn't seem like that's been going anywhere every time he uh, says that that's happening. Well, guys, anything else you want to bring up or discuss before we get out of here for this week? I'm excited uh, to see David Tennant back on Doctor Who. Yes. Yes. That is. Ne- it's always a good time when David Tennant is going to be back on Doctor Who. Hey, What's... I don't know if I'm confident about it, but we're also getting a Quantum Leap remake or continuation. Oh, Lord. We need uh, Randall on here to say he doesn't care. <laughs> I never watched Quantum Leap, but I can kind of respect it from a distance, you know? Yeah. I remember catching, like, the odd episode here and there growing up. Not really, I mean, knowing what it was about, but not really following it. Yeah. Right. And then I, I want to say when the Sci-Fi Channel... In the early days, they would play that a bunch. Yeah, because that's when they actually had like good stuff on there. <laughs> yeah, and I'd catch up and watch that when they were playing it. Like they'd have entire days dedicated to shows, and that's all that they do. Back back in the good old days of sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, and sci-fi had anime too. That's a whole point. That yeah, was sci-fi exactly. and not sci-fi. Yeah, exactly. Hey, sci-fi. <laughs> sci-fi had ECW. What more yeah. sci-fi do you want? All right. Yeah, that was that was so weird. <laughs> With the mummy character, Jesus yeah. Christ! Are you guys still watching uh, Star Trek? 
Uh, yes, I did see this past week, Strange New Worlds, and they have done so well this season. I'm fine with them revisiting the character that they hinted at at the very end of the last episode. Yeah. I'm glad they at least acknowledged him. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling he's going to get loose and we're going to oh, see yeah. some interaction with him and then he'll disappear never to be mentioned again because nobody wants to mention that movie. Have you watched the the most two recent episodes of Kenobi since the last time we talked about it? Daniel? Yeah, I'm caught up on Kenobi and I'm caught up on Stranger Worlds, caught up on Orville. What did you think of the la- the most two recent episodes? I thought it's been getting better since episode three. I don't they, I'm trying to episode four still had some of the I'm trying to think of some of the mind boggling dumb yeah. moments. Uh and yeah. then the the last episode slapping a stormtrooper with an open hand in the helmet and it disorienting them. <laughs> I mean I, Darth Vader getting just, to go in wreck house was fun. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just there's. You can watch, has, uh, Kenobi uh, always has some really good things about it, and then it has some really bad things that takes the episode down. Yeah, like the whole like just really really prolonged thing with Leia and the the Grand Inquisitor was like, good lord, this feels like it's taking forever and ever and ever, just so they can get to the point where you know it's almost something's going to happen to her, and then somebody comes and. What do you know? There it goes. She watched the Red Letter Media review of Kenobi so far. I <laughs> have to How check that out tomorrow. Is it? is it bad? No, they one guy doesn't like it, but the other two do. But they admit it's still a bad show. <laughs> well, you got one part left. See how they tie it all up to get to the beginning of Star Wars one or four. Sorry. Even though Star uh, Wars, I mean. No, man, we got like three more shows before we get to like the beginning of Star Wars 4. <laughs> well, Andor is going to take place before Kenobi, right? Oh, God. I think it has to take place after. Does it? By like a year or two, or, you know, it depends on where they. Yeah. It, yeah, I guess it does. Jesus Christ. Like I said, like Star Wars is so bad because it's, it all has to be like this like, weird, like, like time space or like compressing this like timeline thing. It's, just, it's terrible. It'd be well, cool if they could actually use the shows to build up to whatever the next movies are going to be, like Marvel's doing. Yeah. They tried. To, they've been doing that a little bit with the Mandalorian because it builds up between Return of the Jedi and the Force Awakens. Okay. But they don't want to go beyond the last trilogy because the, I honestly I think they're still debating whether they're going to retcon it out of existence or not because it didn't. Nobody cares about the movies. If the movies don't make money or don't make a ton of money, they don't care. Oh man, you can't just retcon three movies that we freaking oh they can sat through. They it's, can. I mean, you still got the. Uh, it, it'll just be like Luke waking up on the on the moon, going, "What what a terrible dream." <laughs> no, it it would be. Oh, uh, so I, I've seen the speculation online. Filoni had that whole thing with the. Uh, it was in the Clone Wars where they're basically walking down the path and they can change. They can see what happened in the past and can change it. I forgot what it's called. It was also in Rebels a couple times. They referenced it. Uh, Thank God I don't watch any Star, Trek, Star Wars cartoons. <laughs> but those well, are actually good. Rebels was good after the first season. It took about a season to get going. But once he got into the second season, it was it was pretty good. Once he stopped using the stupid slingshot on his wrist, it was good. <laughs> there was, uh, I mean, the it built off the whole Clone Wars: the mother, the father, the sister, or the the father, the brother, the sister, and everything. It basically there's theoretically a way that they could just remove the entire sequel trilogy out of existence or modify it to where things happened in different ways, but. I, I mean, the problem is none of the characters from the sequel trilogy, none of the merchandise is selling. Nobody, yeah. I mean, none of the merchandise sold, so that's where Star Wars makes all of its money. So until they figure out what they're going to do with that, they're not going to advance any further. Uh, didn't they for a while say that, well, of course, I think these were including the uh, well, the, Game of, the Game of Thrones guys. Um Weren't they thinking about like going back in the past and making like a co tour era 
Star Wars movies? Well, first they were going to be yeah. making a sequel trilogy that took place after the sequel trilogy, but yeah. did not deal with Skywalker or the Skywalker family. Then they said, oh, no, no, it, we're, we were going to do it set in the past and not the future. They, I'm pretty sure they canceled that one. They canceled uh, Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Now you've got the... Uh, Taiko Atiti, he's doing Yeah, that. you got his single movie. Not even a trilogy, but his single movie. And he's been... I think, didn't he just say something that it's going to address something that's never been dealt with yeah, before he in Star Wars? Move, move away from Star Wars. Or like introduce new elements. Yeah. Although, to Daniel, to your point, I refuse to believe that Zori Bliss action figures aren't being sold. <laughs> after her pivotal role in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I mean, it's just, the whole thing was, their biggest problem was they didn't have a storyline set up for the trilogy, so each director got to come in and do whatever they wanted, and that it it's a jumbled mess. That's why none of the movies feel like they flow together, because complete jumbled yeah, mess. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, instead of letting Abrams just have it for the three, or let Johnson have it for the three, it's like, yeah. Oh, we have a different director in the middle, and it's like, yeah. This and the director in the middle was the worst one to get because he wanted to, quote, subvert expectations, which means everything anybody has done, and just say, oh, no, this is what it is now. And that's yeah. why the third one wasn't good, because Abram had to like, correct that, correct against that. Yeah. And he went the other way, and it's like, well, this is also bad. I mean, yeah. Yeah. just in a different he went way. What's the other way? Well, like, I mean, and, and I hate to. I hate to revisit it over and over. <laughs> and uh, at work, I work ten-hour, twelve-hour shifts. We had these conversations, but it basically comes down to what Abrams did in Rise of Skywalker. If built up over three movies, wouldn't necessarily have been bad. But yeah, because tried... you just threw it in there all in one movie and said, "Here you go." Well, yeah, he had two two movies with material in one movie. And he yeah. made it long, but it still didn't help. Or you know, yeah. And if Ryan Johnson had tweaked his movie just a little bit, it could have flowed very well into even what they did in Rise of Skywalker. My big thing is the thing I hated, or one of the things I it's and it's not a huge thing, but one of the things that I really didn't like about the middle movie, they had this whole big thing built up about visiting somebody that could help you at a casino. How he was a suave gambler who knew what he was doing and it wasn't Lindo Calrissian. All they had to do was have him sta have the character standing in the background wearing that flower as that's who they were supposed to meet but they didn't and the fans would have loved it. They would have eaten it up. It would have been hilarious but he didn't even do that. <laughs> and so instead they're bringing him back in the third movie when he was never mentioned in the first two. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I thought it was funny ah. in the third one how they flushed away, uh, I forget her name, the, the Asian character. The Rose. One. Yeah. Rose. Completely after everybody, discarded her. Yeah, after everybody complained and... And, like, she wasn't bad to... in the second one, but it's no, just, she you know, wasn't. wasn't her character, or wasn't Abram's character. So it's like, all right, she's out. Well, <laughs> the, the storyline that she was involved in wasn't that great either. Right, that was terrible to begin with. But I mean, that's, that's the main thing people didn't like was the storyline. I mean... I can make a lot I mean, of complaints also, about like, this. I think more people wanted Finn to be more involved than he wasn't. Well, the and... big problem with Finn was he went from being competent in the first movie to a running gag in the second movie to then trying to make him seem confident again in the third movie. Yeah. And it just it didn't work. It and for whatever the reason they downplayed his role in the second movie, be it Rian Johnson, be it Disney not wanting him in a prominent role, whatever, it and killed the character. Just all the shifting like romance options in the movies also. Yeah, well, I yeah. mean the romance options I can deal with because you can get around that, you can deal with it, that's fine. But they took the character who was a stormtrooper, admittedly not a great one, but still a stormtrooper, and turned him into a bumbling idiot in the second movie. And then he was quietly competent again in the third movie. Yeah. Yeah. It just. And it just the same thing no with sense. Kylo as well. He had like that arc of constantly changing who he was, too. It's just like, oh, Lord. Yeah, and, one already. And it goes back to not having a story set up for the three movies. So whoever comes 
next gets to do whatever they want. All right. So, well, that's that's going to be it for uh, this week in Talking Star Wars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I but, can talk about Orville and Star Trek, too, if you want to. Yeah. Well, those are good at the moment. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but and if um, you had told me last year I would have said Star Trek was good at the moment, I would have called you a liar. Especially the way Mark keeps talking about how it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't um, been good for quite a while. That being I said... Since, I since it's been a long road. Getting from there to here. It's been a long time. <laughs> still, a, still a long road for them to try to correct it, I, I guess, as well. Um, so until next week, uh, be sure to check us out on all the podcast platforms that we are available on. You can still listen to us on YouTube as well. You can go check out all of Mark Rouse's stuff on the uh, network as well. Just subscribe to that channel. You get everything we do. Talk the Cakey, the anime podcast is also now on video as well, so you can go uh, watch them uh, talk about anime as they do. I think Mark had a triple feature that was including everything everywhere all at once, which I know some people are absolutely loving and I still need to go watch that movie, to be fair, uh, as well. And so, until next week, everyone, we'll see you later. Enjoy those games. Later. Cowabunga. <laughs>